That was random. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, The Little Island, by Margaret Wise Brown, illustrated by Leonard Weisgard, published by Penguin Random House. The Little Island is a bit hard to sum up. It's a documentary of a little island in the ocean, and the wildlife that resides on and around it. But then, a cat makes a visit, and begins talking to the island, and discovers a deeper perspective on life. It feels like drugs were introduced to a Nat Geo documentary. Well, will this cat survive his trip? No pun intended. Get a boat, we're heading to an island. We begin on the little island. It's in the ocean. Where in the ocean? We don't know. But judging by the trees on the little island, I'll take a guess and say somewhere in the Pacific Northwest because they look like deciduous trees and conifers. I don't see one palm tree. So put away your Hawaiian shirt and flip-flops. We aren't going on a tropical vacation. For several pages, Margaret goes on to describe the island, showing clouds covering it and spiders making webs. This is a Nat Geo documentary of an island, only in book form. And Leonard's paintings of the island are beautiful. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Quote, Small flowers, white and blue, and violets with golden eyes, and little waxy white-pink chuckleberry blossoms, and one tickly-smelling pear tree bloomed on the island. And that was the spring. End quote. Just a little run-on sentence there. But moving past that, I wonder how they know they're chuckleberries. From the laugh? Why is it chuckling? Because of the tickly pear? Someone should separate those two. Back to the wildlife, we dive under the sea to see lobsters interacting with the island, and come back up for a breath to see sea lions on the island. Then there's a bunch of birds making nests, and it turns into summer. There's no story to report here. It's just captivating picture after captivating picture, making the reader fall in love with the island. I could look at these pictures all day. I guess that's why it won a cold cot medal. Well, sailboats come, and a black cat shows up and wanders around investigating the island. This must be when Margaret's drugs kicked in, because the cat starts talking. Yep, they definitely did, because the island is having a full-blown conversation with the cat. What the hell is going on right now? Take me back to the documentary. I mean, listen to this. They even start arguing. Quote, But I'm a part of this big world, said the little cat. My feet are on it. So am I, said the little island. No, you're not, said the kitten. Water is all around you and cuts you off from the land. Ask any fish, said the island. End quote. This cat is making no sense. If you're a part of the world because your feet are on it, and your feet are on the island, wouldn't the island be a part of the world? There's no real debate to be had here. This is stupidity. The cat just proved himself wrong. I guess, if you were on drugs, this back and forth might be thought-provoking. But, I'm not impressed. 
Now it really gets off the rails. When the cat yanks a random fish out of the water and threatens to eat it, if it doesn't show him, the island is connected to the land. And the fish tells the cat to come and take a swim. But the cat can't swim, so that is impossible. The fish pulls at George Michael and tells the cat that he's got to have faith. And the cat learns the definition to the word faith, with the fish telling the cat that all the land is connected under the water as one. And the cat believes the fish. That's not exactly true. I hate to nitpick, but it's not all one land. There are tectonic plates that split the land up. You know what? I'll just drop it. After this interaction, the cat gets back on the boat and leaves. And the story gets back to the Nat Geo documentary. A storm comes and rages all around the island, and then passes. Then the story quickly touches on the fall and winter months of the island. We're definitely getting a full look at this island. And the story ends on talking about how the days and seasons passed, but the island enjoyed being a part of the world. What a beautiful island. So serene. But I'm still shook by the cat, though. What the hell was the point of it? It wasn't needed at all. It was like two different stories mashed into one. I get the moral of the cat that sometimes you have to have faith and believe in some things that you don't see because there are things in your life you won't see that are real and you just have to trust that they are real. So that's nice. And I also get the moral from the island. The island is calm and enjoyed being a part of the world. It couldn't control the storms or the things going on around it but it was happy to be itself and just be a part of it all. And I enjoyed that too. But we only needed one of these morals. I normally thoroughly enjoy Margaret's writing. She wrote a classic that we reviewed earlier called Goodnight Moon, and I loved it. But the choices she made in this book were perplexing. Why did she bring the cat in when it wasn't needed, and the island didn't need to talk? If she split this up into two books, both probably would have been classics. But because it was all squeezed into one book, it just turned out odd, leaving us with questions. If you aren't interested in the story, Leonard's pictures are still worth picking this up and flipping through. Each painting of the island was a work of art. So because of that, on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 3.2. I'll have a heap and helpin' and go back for another bite. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.